1: Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson.
0: Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Haley Cloud of Living Raw by Grace to talk about her experience with a raw food diet. After struggling with severe health problems her entire life, Haley found health and freedom in a raw vegan lifestyle. She has since been sharing her success through her business, Living Raw by Grace, through which she equips people through classes and one-on-one counseling to lose weight permanently, overcome chronic diseases, and feel and look their best. She teaches about raw foods and their healing properties and brings people together in making healthy, delicious, inexpensive, and incredibly simple dishes. Welcome to the show today, Haley. Welcome to the show today, Haley.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So I shared a bit about your work. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share about the path that you took to to get where you're at today?
2: Well, it all started around seven and a half years ago. Um, Actually, that's not true. It started much younger. When (laughs) I was a kid, I was a very sickly kid. I was the one that caught everything, and every time I got sick. It turned right into bronchitis, and uh, chronic bronchitis as a child led to asthma when mm-hmm. I was a which led to more and more medications as I grew older. Oh, yes. I also had sensitive skin as a kid, which meant that anything chemical uh, touched my skin, I would break out, which mm. was unavoidable. Um, and that evolved into eczema as I grew older, and which led to more and more medications the older I got and the worse it got. Mm-hmm. And then I had seasonal allergies that wow. made, my, made my asthma and my eczema worse and came with their own sinus um, symptoms as well. And then I also had a degenerative eye disorder that was discovered when I was 10. Wow! That meant my eyes, my, uh, my eyes were going to degrade every year for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And I was predicted to be legally blind by age 25 and fully blind by age 45.
0: Wow. Obviously, that didn't happen.
2: No, thankfully. Yeah. And then the icing on the cake was that I had a, a cycle that nobody could understand mm. that came with excruciating pain. And by the time I was 24, I was on morphine once a month.
3: Whoa. Yeah. You know,
2: so by the t- as I got older and older, all of my ailments got worse with me. And, um, and the peak was about seven and a half years ago. I was uh, 25 years old. The age to be legally blind got pu- pushed back a year. Yay. <laughs>
0: yeah, no kidding.
2: I was, and I was on 13 medications a day. Wow. And I was two hundred and fifty pounds. Mhm. I'm five foot two, so that does not fit well on me, which of course made everything else worse. Uh-huh. And I was falling apart and I was getting slower and slower while I had a new baby girl that was mm-hmm. getting faster and faster. Oh yes. And someone handed me a book and the book talked about the raw vegan diet and I had literally nothing to lose. Yeah. And after a lot of prayer and fasting, I uh, decided that I would go raw vegan, <laughs> which um, which, I, which happened overnight. I just uh, I got rid of all the food in my fridge in my pantry and my freezer and radically changed my diet and um, after a, a really intense detoxification period that thankfully I was oh, I'm sure to the book had talked about it
3: yeah.
2: um, my symptoms started to disappear slowly. my asthma attacks grew less frequent, my skin started to clear up. And on day 28 of my new raw vegan lifestyle journey, I was medication free. That was That's powerful. Years ago.
0: That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I'm not taking a single medication since. Mm-hmm. So I've never looked back. It was 100% worth it. And I love this new body that I've been given. And if staying healthy means that I'm a raw vegan for the rest of my life,
0: mm-hmm. I will gladly do the work. Wow. So that's pretty. That's pretty phenomenal. Um, yeah. wh- what What else have you experienced over the past seven and a half years since you know since you've gone raw vegan? Like, what else does that look like?
2: Well, it's uh, it started with just a, a remarkable onset of health. All of a sudden, my asthma was gone, so i could I could take stairs. <laughs> I could go for walks. I started doing races. I started running. Um, it was exciting.
0: Oh yeah, All what exciting. kind of, What kind of races?
2: I did a few 5Ks at first, uh-huh. um, and then I, I started doing obstacle course races, like oh, mud yeah. runs and, um, wow. and Spartans. And then I, after a few years of doing that, I realized I really don't like running.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> not really. It was exciting because I could do it for the first time. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I like more. It felt too regimented, too much like work.
3: Uh-huh.
2: And I thought, I want to play. I was not able to play much as a child. I mm. wasn't able to do sports. Um, but now I have this new body. I can, so I started gymnastics.
0: <laughs> oh wow!
2: Yeah, so, so I you, so you so
0: you started gymnastics in your late twenties.
2: My yeah, in my late twenties. Actually, I was I was in my thirties by the time oh, I wow. started gymnastics. And um and I found a, a gym that that had adult um an old adult open gym, so you could go you know play and learn from other people. Right. Which which was fun and awesome, and I loved it. But I found myself getting injured on a regular basis. Oh yes. So um, one of my friends encouraged me to try yoga, and
0: I oh. found I love
2: I loved yoga so much that within a year I was in, I was teaching.
0: Oh, very good.
2: So now I teach yoga, and uh, something I never thought I would ever be able to do. Mm-hmm. I can now, I can now do.
0: Yeah. Wow. So, what do you suspect was the cause, and then the solution here?
2: So it's it's a two-folded cause, um, it, almost like a two a two-headed coin.
3: Uh
0: huh.
2: One one side is that my body was damaged. It was greatly damaged both from um, extreme medication over mm. twenty years mm-hmm. of um, antibiotic use. I'm actually allergic to five different antibiotics because they were overdosed as a child.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, combined with uh, a household with uh, smoke and um, lots of environmental toxins, I grew up really close to a nuclear power plant. Um, it, and so my body was damaged, and it needed healing badly, mm-hmm. but I wasn't providing any tools for it to do so and any opportunity for it to do so. Got it. Um, so the the food that I was eating... The, the food that I started eating, the fruits, the vegetables, the nuts, the seeds,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, would literally heal me from the inside out. They provided the vitamins, they provided the minerals, the enzymes, the antioxidants, the necessary nutrients that my body was def- definitely craving and deficient in. Um, so my body had an opportunity to start healing itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, our bodies are amazing. They can do that oh. without telling it what to do, so you just have to provide the, the necessary tools and the opportunity, all of a sudden my food was digesting very quickly, mm-hmm. which provided a lot of time for my body to get to work. Right. But the other side of the point is that I was no longer feeding myself any more illness. A lot of the foods I was eating previously, I was a Taco Bell three times a week. Oh, yes. I was uh, yeah. out of a box, out of a can, out of a mm-hmm. freezer, out of the drive through All of those things are loaded with carcinogens, yes. with toxins, with things that continue to add more illness into my body and damage my cells even more the more I would eat so I both let my body heal and I stopped feeding illness
0: Mm, interesting when I was younger I I was diagnosed with what they called nervous gastritis um, so much so that you know there were times when I would be balled up in fetal position uh, from pain Uh, Mm -hmm. and you know I was at the you know I went to the doctors and you know they could never figure out what the heck was wrong with me Um, And some somewhere in the early 90s, I stopped eating red meat. And within like 48 hours, the problems went away. It was one of the most amazing things. And I I think we we don't as a culture really understand the impact that food has on our health. What, you know, what what are your thoughts on that?
2: That was one of the things that made me almost angry when I began. I was
3: reading mm-hmm.
0: this book
2: that talked about this diet, and this little girl had completely healed of asthma mm-hmm. just by changing her diet. And I was thinking to myself, well, this can't be true, because I've seen every you know respiratory specialist in the world, mm-hmm. and they all n- none of them have ever asked me what I put in my mouth.
0: I know. Isn't that and amazing? If, and
2: if diet and health are that closely related, if my if my asthma could clear up just by changing my diet, mm-hmm. then why aren't they actively pursuing a healthier diet for people with serious illnesses
0: well I think I think part of that and this is this is I think part of it is that doctors aren't given nutrition classes correct you know they're not trained in this I've
2: I've I've personally educated at least six or seven different MDs Mm -hmm. over the past seven years people who don't don't understand um why certain foods are more important than others Mm -hmm. what what how food actively affects your body. I've had enough research and enough education over the past seven years that I have a pretty good grip on how things, specific things, yeah. literally affect your breathing, your cardiovascular system. And most, most doctors, most medical um, institutions may teach a semester of nutrition. Right. A lot of institutions, in, it's, it's an elective, so they don't even have to take right. it. So our doctors are unfortunately just as sick as we are because they don't have any of the training necessary either.
0: Yeah. All right. So I'm going to shift here a little bit. So could you explain for us what it means to live raw?
2: Absolutely. So I eat only fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, oils, and spices. But I put all of those together in fun and interesting ways. A lot of people assume that I eat lots of salads and drink lots of smoothies. And while that's true, Mm
3: -hmm. I also
2: have developed over 400 recipes. I've written 11 different books that mimic that I love and miss so I can make pasta, I can make pizza, I can make crackers, I can make cookies, I can make ice cream and all of my recipes are 10 minutes or less, 10 ingredients or less, 10 dollars or less.
0: Wow, really? So I can make
2: them whenever I want and with ease. So for me, eating raw is simply eating very simply. I do a lot of snacking, what most people would consider snacking. Lots mm-hmm. of just whole foods, lots of hand fruits, lots of mm. nuts. And then um, at least once or twice a day, I have what I would consider an entree, something I've prepared ahead of time, whether it's lasagna, or right now in my fridge, I have the ingredients for lemon, ginger, lettuce wraps. Oh. Yeah, something that I can look forward to, something that I can enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I think the main thing that I usually try to tell people is because my diet is restrictive, I just simply have to be prepared at all times. There's, I always have food with me at all times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And do you spend a lot of time working on preparing food?
2: I actually have it down to a science these days. What Mm -hmm. I do is once a a week, I spend two hours in my kitchen, and I make every food that I need for the Ah.
0: entire week. Oh, perfect.
2: And then every time I go to the fridge, instead of going, oh, what am I going to eat? It's, ooh, what am I going to have today? (laughs) I like that. Yeah, it's one of the services I actually provide my clients as well, so that if they They want to be making food on a daily basis. I come to their house, we make all of the food with them, and then they're all set to go.
0: Wow, really? Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, and you live in the Phoenix area, right?
2: I do, I I live in North Phoenix, but I travel all over the place.
0: Oh, very good. So you could come to the urban farm here and we could chat. You could uh, show my sweetie Heidi and I how to make some great things.
2: Absolutely, I would love that.
0: Fantastic, all right, we'll talk about that. What are the benefits and difficulties of, of a raw food diet?
2: So I may be the only raw vegan on earth that does not convert other people.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> I, don't,
2: I, don't, I don't tell people what not to eat. Uh-huh. I don't encourage them to go all raw vegan. I have found that uh, a high raw diet, uh, mostly raw, whatever label you want to give it, mm-hmm. about 75 to 80 percent raw, is still an extremely healing lifestyle with a little wiggle room so that you don't go neurotically crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's easier to maintain long-term. It's helped about 150 people get there. And that's where I've seen amazing things happen, like the decrease of medication or overcoming illness or serious weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and But being a raw vegan is, is hard. And I tell people all the time the reason why my business is called Living Raw by Grace is not because my name is Grace, although I'll answer to it because it's a cute name,
3: mm-hmm. but
2: because I need the grace of God every single day to get through every mm-hmm. day. Because everywhere I go, there is food that I cannot eat. Yeah. So it is more of a mental discipline than anything else. So
0: you don't and, out, you don't eat out a whole lot then?
2: Oh, you would be surprised. My husband has an eating out addiction, uh-huh. so we eat out. I would say two to three times a week. Oh wow! There are about twelve restaurants in the valley that I, if I get to pick a restaurant, I can order off things off the menu, which mm-hmm. is very exciting. And then any other restaurant everywhere. There's always raw fruits and vegetables that I can put together in fun ways. Sometimes it's me just ordering a salad off the menu. Sometimes it's right. me going and talking to the chef and mm-hmm. saying, hey, can you make me something special, which is always kind of fun.
0: Yeah. Oh, most of the um, time, I'll bet they love that.
2: Yes. Actually, the, the more, I don't know, the higher star the restaurant, uh-huh. the more willing I am to go talk to the chef. Yeah. And i had some really fun and interesting dishes prepared for me.
0: I'll bet. I'll bet. So if I was going to go out, you know, I live in Phoenix as well, and I'm going to go out and I'm, I'm wanting to find a place where I can order raw dishes. What what do I start looking for? How do I even go about finding someplace like that?
2: So there, there's only one restaurant in the valley that is technically raw vegan, mm-hmm. and that is Sarah's Raw Academy and Cafe up in Cave Creek. Mm. There are several other restaurants that are vegan with raw options. Mm -hmm. There is um, Pomegranate Cafe and 24 Carrots down in Chandler.
0: Oh yes, I've eaten at both those places.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they're amazing. And then there are a few vegetarian slash vegan restaurants that may serve some raw options. Um, There's, let's see, there's Green down in downtown. There's a few new ones that I haven't been to yet. In the past seven years, I've seen restaurants come, come and, and I think go. Yeah, I'm sure. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um so but, it, and the only problem is that I'm I'm a raw chef.
3: So oh.
2: <laughs> to go to another <laughs> to go to a restaurant and say, Ooh, mine's better. Or yeah. wow I can make this for half this price. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there is one restaurant down in, in actually Tucson, it's uh-huh. a little bit of a drive. It's called the Tasteful Kitchen. That I have gone there and walked away thinking I need to try some of this. I don't know how they did that. Or I had to actually talk to the chef and say, how did you make this? Oh, yes. it was amazing. Um, every other restaurant in the Valley, I'm like, oh, theirs is pretty good. Mine's okay.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. So for those of the people outside of the Valley, how, you know, I live in L.A. or I live in Seattle or, um, you know, Frankfurt, Germany. How, do, how, how does one even start the process of uh, figuring out where to eat and how to eat raw?
2: Oh man, the internet is just a world, a, a wealth of information. Uh-huh. When I when I first started eating this way, there was maybe thirty blogs out there mm-hmm. that people who were eating raw and were giving ideas. There are now thousands, hundreds of thousands of blogs of people who are eating raw vegan. Oh, yeah. So there's so many options out there. Um, a nice simple search in your area of I would I would choose vegan restaurants. Mm-hmm. Raw vegan is is very rare. Um, every now and then you can find it. There's more on the West Coast than there are on the East Coast at the moment. There's a bunch in Texas, which is always exciting. Oh,
0: interesting. All right.
2: Um, but if you find a, a, a good raw vegan blog, you can probably find some posts about where they have been oh, to yes. eat um, and such. I usually post where if I'm going to a new city where I'm eating at so that I can give other people an idea of where, mm-hmm. where to eat as well. Um, but there's there's lots, there's lots more and more choices every day, which is very exciting.
0: Perfect. It, and, you know, it seems like... A, there's more and more options, but there's more and more people that are interested which drive the options, wouldn't you think?
2: Yes, demand has gone up. I used to joke about the fact that I just happened to be riding my surfboard on the wave of health consciousness. Uh-huh. That there's, a, there's a movement in our country of wanting to know more about our food, wanting to know where yes. it comes from, wanting to know how it affects our bodies, yep. and I just happened to, to get well at just the right time right, and uh, and people there was a demand for, for more knowledge and for more yeah. recipes and for more tools
0: I kind of love that it's, you know I've been doing this for 40 years this year actually I've been participating and playing in the food movement and just in the past five years this this quest for more information and the demand for it has just exploded I love that that's happening
2: yes I do too it, it's been, and i I don't know if it's the past five years, but I know that the, the documentaries out there have mm. really fueled a lot of interest, whether yeah. it's Forks Over Knives or it's Food ink, or it's uh, Food Matters. or I mean, there's so many. And there's more and more. Every six months, I would say, there's a new documentary explaining how sugar affects your body or where our food comes from. Yeah. And, of course, that fuels people's demand. You know, I, right. want, I know where my food is coming from. Yeah. I want you to start labeling, you know. It's it's exciting
0: to see and it's exciting to be a part of. Yeah. Oh, I I wholeheartedly agree. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to shift a little bit on you here because, um, you know, what I want to do with the podcast is I want to share with people successes, but I also want to share, them, share with them the road to getting there. So can you talk about a time that you failed and how you oh. overcame that failure and what you might have learned from it?
2: So many failures. <laughs> Um, well those are the, say, the
0: when that happens we get to learn the most though, right?
2: Right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. how you it's how you progress faster actually. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh the more you fail the the, the more you learn. Yeah. Uh, I I when I first started eating raw vegan, I had always eaten out of a box or a can or the freezer. I mean, I had never cooked. The only culinary skills I had were button pushing.
0: Oh. <laughs> so
2: I, I had never really used a knife properly. I had never um, tasted something and tried to figure out what was in it. Mm-hmm. So when I started eating raw vegan, there was, you know, there's, there's recipes out there, but they were very complicated oh, and yes. they were time consuming mm-hmm. and they were expensive and I didn't, I was discouraged a lot. And so I started experimenting and started failing <laughs> a lot. Oh yeah, started Taking out ingredients and finding out that some were very necessary <laughs> um, and some were not. And, um, uh, and through all that experimentation, I mean, I, I would make two to three recipes a day for three months, four months. Um,
0: Did you ever throw and, any of them out?
2: I'd say one, no, I would choke everything down. <laughs> I say one, one out of five was a success. Oh, wow. Uh, the other four were, were me, you know, pinching my nose or eating it really fast or smothering it with salt or doing something that mm-hmm. I could do to, to get it down. But learning through it, me going, oh, that's what that's what that spice tastes like or oh so if I add more garlic it'll taste better or it might burn my mouth Mm -hmm. so (laughs) um, I think that's that's one of the things that's kind of um, the lost art in our culture is tasting our food as Mm. we make it yeah and a lot a lot of us don't make our food from scratch either but a lot of people uh, you know stick to a recipe and then are confused as to how to make it better and I loved the, the opportunity I got to develop my own recipes and to put things together that I didn't know if would work, and lots and lots of failures led to me more and more successes. It's gotten to the point now where people will say to me, "You know, I have seven ingredients. What can you make with this?" Oh, really? Uh, I, I have an idea. Let's put this together and this together and this together, and all of a sudden I'll have a brand new dish that will end up in one of my books that um, is is exactly what they need, and I love the excitement on their face Mm -hmm. when they realize how simple it is and that they can possibly do it themselves as well.
0: Wow, cool. So what do you consider your biggest success?
2: My biggest success is always the people. It's the people Mm -hmm. who come through my doors Mm -hmm. expecting to taste food that is like cardboard or expecting it to be complicated or expecting it to be uh, disgusting. And they watch me make food and they go, oh, that is easy. (laughs) <laughs> and then they taste the food, and they think, oh, this really, this really is good. Yeah. And then I see the light bulb in their eyes, and they think, I can do this. I can make food that's healthy. I can make it. It's easy. It doesn't cost me an arm and a leg. And I want to share this with someone else. And all of a sudden, I see the ripple effect of of hope yeah. in a, a culture where we have been taught that there is new hope, that mm-hmm. convenient foods override, that it's easier to buy than it is to make. And I that's my my greatest success is when one person finds their own success and their own hope and then starts to tell everyone they know and then they start to influence the people
0: around mm-hmm. them. Nice. Nice. So here's a big question for you. Um, and I have I have a sense I know what the answer is, but I want everybody to hear it. What drives you <laughs>
2: every now and then I teach a class that has two people and I come home and I tell my husband, I don't think I even broke even. And Mm -hmm. he says, well, are you here to make a profit or are you here to influence other people's lives? And I grudgingly grit my teeth and go, I'm here to influence other people's Mm -hmm. lives. (laughs) Because yes, it is my living and it's, it's how I can support my family. But it's more than that. It really is more than that. It is, it is influencing others. If someone had pulled me aside, 20 years ago Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and had said, I've been where you are. I'm no longer there. I have found healing and I know it's possible for you. Let me show you how it would have changed everything. Mm -hmm. And I want to be that person for other people. I want to be there saying there is hope. There is a future for you. You can do this. You can move past whatever is holding you back right now and you can
0: find healing. That's a drive. Uh, uh, Wow, I'm sitting over here, and as you're speaking it, I I was just in awe, because I feel the power behind it, and I feel the commitment and dedication behind it, so wow, good on you. Thank you so much for sharing that.
2: Oh, it's my pleasure. I actually had to swallow a little bit, so I didn't tear up on the podcast.
0: (laughs) I, I actually caught that a little bit, but yay. So, let's talk about your books, because you said you have 11 books? I
2: do. I love to eat. People ask me all the time if I ever feel deprived, and my thing is that I don't ever say no, ever. Mm -hmm. No is is not my vocabulary. Mm -hmm. I do Mm -hmm. say... I want to eat that. Let me go home and figure out how to make it. Ah, uh, yes. So I see food constantly, and I have tons of cravings. So I go home, and I figure it out. So I have a recipe for almost anything out there. And then people come to me with requests. Haley, can you make cheesecake? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't really like cheesecake. I do now. <laughs> My cheesecake is awesome. But so I have, um, let's see, I have five mini books, and uh-huh. they are all specialized. I have one that's just for green smoothies. Mm-hmm. It's the very first step everyone should take. I have one that is nut-free for people with allergies because they're on the rise. Mm-hmm. I have one that is for the holidays, which is perfect this time of year, all those tempting foods that you want to stay away from, but instead of replace, make your own. And then I have a little book for kids. I wrote the kids' book when my daughter was four. She is now nine and can make everything in it by herself. Wow. And I have a mini book on ice cream because why not? It's ice cream. Exactly, and exactly. And then I have five large books, and they all stand alone. They have everything from entrees to beverages to desserts to spreads to dressings. And there are no, there's no rhyme or reason as to what's in each book. I just mm-hmm. simply had 40 recipes and a book popped out, and all of a sudden I had 40 more, and another book popped oh, out. Wow. So, um, so though that's a bit overwhelming. <laughs> and then I have uh, what I call my 10 pound book. It's a complete book. It has all of the other books in it. And I'm continuing to write mini books. Mm-hmm. I am done write, writing large books. So the next mini book is going to be only on dips and dressing breads.
3: Oh, Comes nice. out
2: in three weeks, and that's one of my favorites because that's how you get vegetable That's how you eat vegetables. Most people oh, do yes. not like r- raw broccoli. Mm-hmm. Most people don't like raw green beans. Yeah. But they're so amazingly loaded in nutrients that desperately are needed that if you put a really good sauce on top of it, oh. the vegetables will disappear. So, I'm looking forward to having that book out very soon.
0: Fantastic. So you keep you keep mentioning a term that I actually am very familiar with, but I want you to tell everybody what it is. Mini book.
2: Mini book. So, it's just a smaller version of my larger one. Uh-huh. It's, uh it's inexpensive. It's easier to to gift. <laughs> yeah. And um and it's it's usually a fun complement to everything else.
0: Yeah. Very good. So, do you have any projects that you're, you know, that are right on top of the pile right now that you're really excited about?
2: I do. It's the my business kind of evolved over the past five and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, people just started coming to me to learn about my recipes, and I started teaching group classes, and then I started writing writing my recipes down. So, I never really had a business goal, a business something to look forward to. It just mm-hmm. I just started charging people, so <laughs> it just kind of started happening. But I finally have a goal for the first time in five and a half years. I sat down with a business coach, and they helped me figure out that there's just only so many hours in the day and days in the week, and I'm running out. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the best way to do that is to duplicate me, which means that I'm going to start a certification program.
3: Oh, wow. To develop
2: a certification program so I can teach people how to do what I'm doing, how to teach classes, how to um, use my recipes, how to coach other people toward health. Mm-hmm. So 2016 is going to be my year to develop that program, and then it should be finished by, by next year at this time.
0: Fantastic. So how do we find out about that, and how do we find out about all of your books?
2: So everything um, is on my website. If you go to livingrawbygrace.com, mm-hmm. you can find uh, my schedule of classes around the valley. You can find all of my books and how to buy them. You can find all about my coaching and how I can help people one-on-one. I guide a detox program every month that you can learn more about. And I also have lots of free recipes and videos on my website, Mm, too, so mm -hmm. that if you want to get a little taste of what I have to offer, you can do that as well.
0: Perfect. So, it's livingrawbygrace.com? That's it. Fantastic. So, I'm all about education, and I have to know, is there one book that has been like the influential book in your life?
2: Well, professionally, I would have to say that the book that introduced me to the raw food diet will continue to always be the most influential. Mm. It was called 12 Steps to Raw Food, How to End Your Dependency on Cooked Food by Victoria Botenko. And uh, Victoria Botenko and her entire family went raw, and so they all have written many books. There's actually, I would say, six or seven out there by her and her children, who are now adults writing uh, more books about being a raw vegan. And the whole family is just an amazing wealth of information. Mm-hmm. So I love, I love her book, and I love all of their information. Um, but personally, the book that has been the most influential for me and will continue to always be influential is, of course, the Bible. Mm-hmm. It speaks to me on a daily basis mm-hmm. and helps me move forward on my path. Perfect.
0: Perfect. So I'm going to wrap it up now, and I, I would like to know if you have one final piece of advice for our listeners.
2: My final advice is simply grace. Eating healthy, there is no real destination. It is a journey. Mm. It looks completely different for you than it is for me than it does for somebody else. How food affects my body is not how food affects someone else's body. And because of that, there is no quick fix. But because of that, um, we're all in charge of our own health. So I want you to have grace. I want you to forgive yourself when you eat something that you know you shouldn't. I want you to step back on the path without any guilt, without any shame, just forward progress. And if that means that you eat something you know you shouldn't, but it makes you feel amazing, that's mental health. There is something to that as well. Just get back to healthy eating as much as you can. And keep your eyes open. See what works for other people. And don't be afraid to try it out and, ex- and experiment. I think that's the most important thing I can offer people is that there is no one solution and that uh, it's all a journey. My journey continues to change from year to year, and so will everyone else's. Mm-hmm. And to give yourself forgiveness for when you feel like you failed. Yeah. Just keep moving
0: forward. That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. So how can our listeners get a hold of you?
2: Um, they can go through my website. I'm always available there. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. and Snapchat and Twitter. So oh, lots you. of ways to find
0: me. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. So thank you so much for joining us on the show today and sharing your experience with, with us around food. Oh my gosh, that's been great. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org,